We're rolling. We're, we're, we're not we're, rolling. We're unrolling. We're unrolling. We're unrolling. We're unspooling at a rapid rate. Have you heard this guy? He sounds just like Al Franken. Maybe he is Al Franken. No one's ever seen him. I'm Robin McKay in Los Angeles. I'm Judy G in New York City. This, this is, is The Ledge. The Ledge. Today, we welcome the renowned wizard of the W-2, the titan of taxation, the Raja of returns, Chuck Sloan, who runs the numbers... That's illegal. ...of the famous, near-famous, and infamous in the shaky business of show. Many happy returns, Chuck. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. I haven't seen him. Have you seen him? And let's not forget... If only the IRS would. You have no lines here. Yes, I do. They're all in my face. His sidekick, the very glamorous mother of my copod. Mother of copod is a religious icon. Actor and artful tax dodger, Allison McKay. Hello, <laughs> Allison. First, I want to say I do not cheat on my taxes. I believe in taxes, even for giant corporations. <laughs> That was good. Our subject today is one of universal interest and dread, the tax audit. And how to survive and profit. Chuck, is it possible to make money on an audit? Yeah, it is. It's rare. Most of the time when my clients are in that position, I tell them to turn it down in favor of a no change. Why do you do that? Because you're being audited on certain topics. And if you have a no change, the IRS has a rule that they will not audit you on those topics for the next two years. Wow, that is a fantastic tip. Oh, It's not a change, no change. It's a no change. Wow. Chuck, what would happen if you tried to bribe an auditor? I'm asking for a friend. I think most of them sitting across the desk would just immediately turn it down. Hmm. I really have not met an auditor that I thought, yeah, this is the one to try. So are there repercussions if you do try, like if you try to bribe a cop? You probably have trouble getting out of the room. (laughs) You mean they're pretty well locked into their offices. Oh, my God. (laughs) Chuck, do you accompany your clients to an audit or does that cost extra like bondage? Because my mom always drug hers along. Dragged, not drug. Drag was what my friends did. You want to be drugged at an audit. In general, I think that's probably true. We can if you want us to, and if I think you need us to. But on several occasions, I've had clients who I thought, they can handle this. I explained the whole process to them. But if I think they can handle it, in many ways, they're better off alone. Really better off? The IRS auditor doesn't like us interrupting or trying to explain things. They want to hear it directly from the taxpayer. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and some auditors are very adamant about that. I actually have to explain, I act as a translator, not as a deflector, if you will, so that my client understands what you're asking and so that you understand what my client is trying to say. Uh-huh. Because most of us are lay people. We don't know what we're doing. You may not know what you're doing, but if I explain how it works in general, even you, Judy, could probably Ah. get past an audit. (laughs) He's making a crack because I'm not a digit head. Well, that's all right. Please don't harass my new tax man. No, no, that, that would be illegal. 
To harass me? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> well, common, but probably illegal. Chuck, how long have you been a superstore accountant? Did you do anything before you became accountable? My life used to be a series of occupations. I used to call myself a freelance freelancer. But then I, when I was about 34, 35, I came into Hollywood to be an actor. <gasps> and since then, I was acting and then got into the tax business full time. Does that mean that when you tried to become a waiter, the trays were too heavy for you? No, I never had to go and do that or selling tickets on the phone or anything else like that. I just, I was very fortunate that when I came to Hollywood, after about six months, I was making a living. I did the selling tickets and we won't even get into what Judy did. I have some ideas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Years ago, when I was young and living in Chelsea, I was so poor and I was audited and I had to pay a big penalty so I started taking on work as a nude figure model at art schools. Wow. I didn't realize that was your motivation. Yeah, I, I didn't need an excuse to take off my clothes. Well, good. That's good. Um, did you ever consider arguing with the IRS about what you owed? Oh, yeah. You know, I did that. I sent in photocopies of all my receipts. I sent photocopies of all my receipts from doctor's bills, prescriptions, and professional expenses like new dictionaries, things like that. You know, well, new dictionaries for my job. Is that what it was? They disallowed your deductions? Is that why you had to pay? Yeah, I, I think that was basically it. I was so poor in those days, living in that one-room apartment in Chelsea. When I say studio apartment, I'm not talking about one of those luxurious artists. Not, not an atelier, you know. It was a, it was a one-room tiny studio apartment in Chelsea. That's in Manhattan. Yeah, you realize that that is the exact lyric of cabaret. <laughs> yeah, I, no, that's what I'm trying to explain to you. Cabaret, I know what you're talking about. They say four sordid rooms in Chelsea. In fact, that was just two blocks from the infamous hotel. I remember that. And you know, many things happened there. Oh, I have heard. I wasn't yes. actually there, but... Yeah, well, anyway, maybe some of our audience, they're a little too young. Oh, all of them. Are you kidding? Oh! Are... <laughs> we outlived them all, Dino. <laughs> oh, you told me I was no longer middle-aged. No, that's right. I'm sorry. You just have to face facts. But look at it this way. For the age that we are, we're <laughs> so much outshining the rest of the people our age. Of course, most of them are dead, but... That Oh, actually. <laughs> there you go. Is there, Chuck, is there accountant-client privilege like attorneys have? We're not legal experts, but if, if I just happen to be unavailable, yeah, it's, I can get away with just keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> you know, my accountant was a lawyer. Well, I, I'm very glad for you, Judy. Yeah, her accountant you, went to jail, okay? You no, probably oh, need well. one. My accountant lawyer, whose name I will not mention, he cheated on his own taxes and on the taxes of his live-in spouse equivalent, and then bad things happened, but I won't go into that. After this guy went to the pen, though, did you ever wonder if the person who recommended him also was cheating in a big way? I don't really know. And now, you know, she's, uh, her brain, it doesn't, she's not picking up those semicolons the way she used to. I see. No. <laughs> Judy, do you realize how few people know how to use a semicolon to start with? Some of them think that a semicolon is like those tests that you get after you turn 50. A semicolonoscopy. <laughs>
I know, it's like we have to fake it when our audio engineer starts going on about bandwidth. In fact, every subject that's on our list here to keep you from going off the ledge, we basically know nothing about. I, I did read up on bandwidth many years ago, but it was too complicated for me. Yes. Although, you know, I told you my beau is an electronics engineer, and uh -huh. he just can't understand why I don't know how to plug an appliance into the wall. Well, that is somewhat mystifying. Speaking of things we won't go into, if you can't handle a basic plug, this thing goes into well, that he, thing. He, I don't know why he's going off with you for five days, but okay. What was the subject we were initially talking about, though? Uh, oh, no. the audit. What if we could audit men? That would oh. be excellent. I think they should be accountable for various things in the past. In fact, I'd like to go back on some of my stalkers and audit them. I think that would be a very good plan. Robin, you, you've had such a checkered history. <laughs> That's a polite way to say it. Sure. Semicolon. So, Chuck, tell us, what are the primary red flags the IRS looks for to help them spot trouble? I can tell you that most of the people in my office who do taxes can look at your numbers and tell you whether you're lying or not. <gasps> it's really very simple. Some people think they're getting away with things, and it just depends on how you fill out the numbers, etc., and many times getting audited has nothing to do with the numbers you're putting in unless you just go crazy. I know everyone wants to know this and they're all afraid to ask. Do they ever audit you or is there some kind of professional immunity? I have, in fact, been audited years and years ago. And I'm not sure why, because I'm pretty sure that my numbers were within the ballpark of what most people run. But it happened to be the one year that I did all my books absolutely accurately because I was just starting with the VITA program at the Screen Actors Guild, which was Volunteers for Income Tax Assistance. Mm. I really wanted to push that auditor as hard as I could. Yeah. So I walked in with a big box of receipts, completely mishmash. They were just thrown into the box. Mm. Uh, well, I was once audited for what seemed like a month, but my accountant warned me in advance that she got a list from the IRS that declared the losers for that year were producers, dentists, and waiters. You could try to guess which one I was, but I would say, don't let me near your mouth. Do they still warn you in advance which professions categories are going to get audited? No, I have no idea what that's in reference to. I've never heard of that. Huh. Maybe she made it up. I've been told by somebody who knew that what happens is they all sit around in an office in our case, it was in Utah when Utah was the main office, and they would go through returns that had been kicked out by the uh, computer. And then in that grouping, they decided who was going to get audited. It was not necessarily based upon occupation. Huh. Well, my mother, an actor, used to be audited every year while I was growing up, uh, largely, I think, because they used to have a thing called deductions or maybe because she paid to get me on the Harvard lacrosse team, even though I absolutely did not fit into the uniform. I did not do that. The kayak team, it was something I... No, you didn't even know what a kayak was. Did you ask? You didn't love me enough to pay? This is why you don't put your own relatives on, Chuck. Anyway, she got very good at gaming the auditors, and she would always list her top tips for planning your audit which is why you put your relatives on. Chuck, feel free to jump in anytime to protect your reputation. I suspect we may hear something illegal, immoral, or unconscionable. If I hear something illegal, I'll correct you. 
Ta-da. And now, Allison's top five tips for acing your audit. Tip number one, save your pay stubs. Absolutely. Also, don't work for a crook. When I was about 25, one of my first gigs was working for Ben Blue. I think this was before there was an IRS. Let's just go with Ben Blue. Yeah, that that sounds like a good, reliable name. I was called by the IRS for an audit. Well, I asked Ben's accountant and he said, oh, they're calling everybody who worked for Ben. Well, Ben Blue's accountant went with me to Pasadena. To my amazement, Mr. Blue had taken withholding out of all of our paychecks the entire time we worked for him. For me, it was three years, and he never paid a cent to the IRS. And you worked for him for three years. It took you that long to figure that out? So they took his house in Beverly Hills. I, on the other hand, had to prove that he took the withholding out of my paychecks. Thank God I still had them. No telling what they would have done to me without them. Tip number two. Always schedule your audit as close to 3.30 as possible. Since the auditors go off the clock soon after, and, you know, there's no overtime in auditing. (gasps) That's a shock. I have trouble inviting an auditor to come and speak to my people because they don't want to drive there because they can't be reimbursed for gasoline. And that's they're great. adamant about that. Oh, wow. That's good. Oh, I love that. I think they don't treat them very well, considering they take their lives in their hands every time they come to work. Yeah. Well, once they're in the building, they're generally safe. Not that we have that many deductions this year, but recently it was possible in our business to bring in several pillowcases full of receipts. <laughs> I remember one audit. She got me on the phone, the auditor, and I said, what would you like to examine? You know, meaning what receipt should I bring? She said, Miss McKay, you got a sizable refund, so bring everything. And I said, okay, I'll get a truck. I put all my deductible receipts, each in a different 8x10 envelope, so it makes a taller pile when you stack them up on the desk of the auditor. I don't get it. She's trying to intimidate the auditor with paperwork. Well, I'll tell you what happened. The auditor asked me for wardrobe, so I did just that. I searched and searched, and at this point, the clock is 20 to 4. She will keep looking at her watch so you know you're on the right track. (laughs) The auditor looked at me, and she said, as she asked for a second one, she said, can I have the air travel? And I said, oh, yes, and I went back to the stacks and started searching. She said, somewhere in this mess, Miss McKay, why do I think that you're going to find what I want? And I said, well, I keep good records. Tip number three, hydrate your pets. You should place your audit receipts close to your litter box. Sometimes a few may fall in. (laughs) My cat saved me many an hour of audit. When you open them up at your four o'clock appointment, whew, I don't need to tell you. You have a big stack of cat piss envelopes that yes. you present to your auditor at four o'clock oh. in the afternoon. Is that, is that yeah, the whole yeah. picture? Oh, Santif, yes. I Very see. good. Did the cat pee stick the envelopes shut? <laughs> no, but it was really smelly. I will tell you that. Ooh. 
I know, and I had to take the envelopes back with me. Uh Uh-huh. Chuck, do they even have in-person audits anymore, or are they all done now on Zoom? In fact, I don't know if they have them on Zoom. If they had them on Zoom, that would be a good thing. Correspondence audits where they tell you to send your receipts to them, and they'll look through them on their own time without you present. And I just think that's a horrible way to try to get audited. So we always tell our people to ask for an office audit. And if they don't get that, then I tell them to let it go to tax court. Because your people are all actors and charming when they want to be. That doesn't mean they're charming. It does mean they're actors. I see. (laughs) But they cry easily. I know that from personal They can cry easily. Let's go there. (laughs) (laughs) Chuck, if we try to pry out of you who your famous clients are, would that be a mistake? If I had famous clients, I would certainly keep my mouth shut about it. Tip number four, ace in the hole. If all else fails, present your auditor with an envelope full of receipts that you find in the bottom of your purse, which you did not declare. You should not borrow these from your friends. Isn't that right, Chuck? Along with what Allison said about keeping something in reserve, I used to think that all the time when I did my own taxes. I always kept a thousand or two out just in case case. uh, so that if they denied them I could just throw them on the table but I've got a friend of mine who doesn't declare any of his charitable contributions Mm -hmm. because and I think rightfully so he says that's between me and God Uh, Uh. but, but when he gets audited the first thing that comes out is he says you know I didn't include these on the return I'd like to make sure they're on the table now and in a couple of instances when he's gotten audited because it's like three or $4,000, the auditor simply says, all right, go away. <laughs> See, so that's a very good strategy. On presenting these to the auditor, here's what she said. Ms. McKay, we won't take any more away from you if you don't ask for any more back. And I said, thank you. And I handed her two tickets to the Paul Lynn show. Chuck, is that illegal? It's probably illegal and most of them won't take it. Robin's next with her New York story. The first year I moved to New York, I enjoyed a three-day audit where some guy from Guatemala came into my business. In those days, the job was way too dangerous to give to American citizens and went through every $20 deposit I made. I'm not kidding you, every single one. And finally, he declared that I owed the IRS $35. But of course, it had cost me roughly $10,000 to haul my accountant out from L.A., feed her, put her in a hotel, take her to the theater, have the rehearsal days, during which she reminded me, I told you you were on the list, which was very nice. Not to mention that I had to shut down my business for three days to accommodate this wretched intrusion. And I finally went to the IRS office in Manhattan to fork over my $35, which I decided to do in person. And then they there they go over you twice with the metal detector. And that was in those days. God knows what they do to you now. But anyway, so the guy upstairs, when I got up there, presented me a bill for $9,000. And I said... <laughs> what? They told me it was $35. I had a guy there for three days. You know, we, he went through every possible thing there was. And he said, well, there's this lawsuit. And I said, we went over the lawsuit. It was the proceeds of a breach of contract. So not taxable, according to my attorney. And he said, well, it's a gray area. And I said, what does that mean? It's a gray area. And he said, it means we're the IRS and you are not. And we say you owe $9,000. <laughs> so like the consummate pro that I was, I started to cry, oh, um, but at God. least I at least I had the sackle not to sign. So I out on frigid 43rd Street in January at 9 a.m. I called my mom in L.A., woke her up and sobbed out the whole story. And she said, 
in this order. Stop blubbering. I thought somebody died. Get a grip. I get audited every year of my life. And I said, but you know, they want me to pay $9,000 and I already paid 10 to get my accountant out here and we're the IRS and you're not. And she said, okay, what do you want to pay? And I said, what? <laughs> she said, what's it worth to be done with it? And I said, what do you mean? They want 9,000 bucks. And she said, turn your ass back around. Go up and tell them what you'll pay. They're New Yorkers. They'll deal. I, I, I thought she'd really lost her mind, you know, because they're the IRS. And also, I knew she never paid anything after these audits. So I went back through the metal detector to the dude who saw me crying and said, what you see behind me? And it was a calendar on the wall. And he said, OK, figure it out. <laughs> And I said, what? And he huh? said, what What date is it? They have a quota. Damn, girl. This was like tax Yoda. It had been sent by my spirit guides. So I had no idea what he was talking about. But what he meant was it was the end of a quarter and they had a quota. But I did get that it was a sign. So I marched my ass right back up to the same guy, who, by the way, never looked up from whatever it was that he was spread cheating. And I told him I would pay $2,000 and not a penny more, take it or leave it. And he said, fine, we'll take it. And that was it. And it, my whole life, I wished I'd said 1000 But he did not <laughs> even give me an argument. So, of course, mom, as always, was right. So that concludes a further tip that I learned from my mother. Stop crying. They'll deal. And they will if you hit them at the right time. It's possible on the right subject. Sure. Thanks yeah. again to our guests. Wait, that's the oh. end. Oh. Wait a minute. Thank you, Judy. <laughs> I'm gone. So long, everybody. I, no, no, no. Judy, knock yes. it off. Okay. <laughs> Allison, I have a question for you. Uh -oh. Go ahead, dear. When you got audited every year, did you did you win every single area of the audit? I did, except for the very first one. Go if ahead. you lose an audit, the chances are real good that they'll ask you to come to their office year after year after year until you win. That's it. And now, tip number five. No Elvis. I had a flask-bearing accountant that accompanied me on every audit. Well, when I got audited by the state, he said, Oh, the feds are nothing. The state is really who you want to watch out for. I was reminded of the uh, Golden Girls episode when Blanche was getting audited, and she dolled all up in her sheer outfit. And she answered the door, and it was a lady. And she said, I'll get my checkbook. So that's what happened to me. I was in my uh, accountant's office. He was there also. Knock on the door, opened it, and there she stood with her little busy bee hat and a briefcase. Well, my accountant at this point got up and disappeared. Well, she happened to be an auditor that didn't want to do anything until my accountant was there. So we started talking. And she said, you know, I just audited Fred McMurray. He was the cheapest man. Can you imagine? He took off for a pack of gum. And I said, no, I understand he was very, very cheap, but not as bad as Rudy Valley. You know, Rudy's wife told me that, that he once took off the entire country of Cuba. <laughs> well, nobody else was taking it. Anyway, I said to her, well, these are really cheap people. Now, if you'd had to audit Elvis... You know, he'd probably have given you a, a golden Cadillac or something. And she stopped and stared at me and said, did you know Elvis? And I said, well, I guess I knew Elvis as well as anybody did. We both worked Vegas together, and he was kind of a to-himself guy. And I carried on and told her about three stories about Elvis, and she started folding up all of her papers. And right about that time, 
my accountant, who I'm sure was out there taking a couple of good shots of scotch, came back in, and she said, goodbye, sir, and she shook his hand, and she left, and he said, what the hell happened here? And I said, well, I knew Elvis. And now in the days of TikTok, it's a really good idea to be very careful about taking off for a pack of gum because those blabbermouths will put it online. <laughs> right. Thanks again to our guests, Chuck Sloan <laughs> and Allison McKay. Okay, do that again. Allison laughed at you. I'm sorry. <laughs> bring Allison? it together. Judy, bring it together. I mean, That's you know. Judy's charm. It's not Shakespeare. Come on. Go Thanks ahead. A- Thanks again to our guests, Chuck Sloan and Allison McKay. Phew, that was a lot. Do you feel better prepared for the inevitable? Death? And taxes. Right, same thing. Once quicker. Any final words of advice, Chuck? <laughs> like I say, Chuck, it's hilarious. It's like peppermint patty. Okay. I don't find anything funny, but... but <laughs> That's how you know it's funny. Any final words of advice, Chuck? Chuck, are you gone? Chuck's gone. He's gone. Maybe he just hung up on us because he thought he was done. What happened to Chuck? Oh, here, I just got a text. He says he lost power. How can that be? He's got more power than anyone in the San Fernando Valley. Let's go back. Chuck can be found, if he wants to be, at Chuck Sloan and Associates on ChuckSloan.com. After this, I don't know if he wants to be. Probably before this, too. Thanks again, all. Allison doesn't want to be for sure, but somehow they keep at it. I know what you mean. Remember that stalker? He tried Mm. to hire a professional organizer to clean up my apartment so there'd be more room to have sex. Hmm. But my house is a mess, so I don't have to have sex with these perverts. She cleaned that up, son. But not my apartment, in case he comes back. (laughs) Bye, see you next time. We'll be back. 